Cool, cool, cool. I was going to do a... I hear we want to take an adventure in the opposite direction of wherever we were supposed to go. I mean, if you guys want to, I can certainly... I'm good at rolling with the punches. I have no problems with that. Usually doesn't end up well for the party, but... Uh, yeah, we probably shouldn't do that because I found a really cute uh, D&D notebook for rogues on Etsy, and it's like $38. And if you get my rogue killed... Before you get your notebook... <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to just say up front, my allergies are awful right now, so I'm going to be clearing my throat a lot. Don't let that distract you if we're in the middle of RP or something like that. I'm going to try to muscle through it as best I can, but um, even highly meted up. want to thank everyone watching for popping in to watch episode 14 of In Absentia, one foot in front of the other, a live recording of... 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons with myself, Steve. I'm being the GM tonight, if you can't see the label. Right next to me here is Mark. I'll take it away for you. Yeah, I'm Mark. I'm playing Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. And then Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I play Story, the Kenku Rogue. And John. I, I have no... I have no joke for today. I'm sorry I failed you all. We have you horrible, horrible monster, you. We're going to have a TPK now, and it's all your fault. All John's fault. I can be found at Seasonal Bard on Twitter. Uh, I play Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard. All right. So, well, I put the title up because I am an awful, awful Muppet. Forgot to do that. Let's do a recap from last time. It's It's... It's it's been a little bit because last week we were supposed to record and then my computer died and I was very angry and sad and I've spent the whole week playing catch up from that. So let's pick on Mark, maybe. Sure. Um we uh got to the cottage of the creepy little girl. Um she well basically she had a conversation with quill mostly uh kind of detailing the her stance is more of actually a more neutral being which was probably the biggest surprise to us all and uh beyond that uh, i think she just kind of explained the situation as much as she was allowed to because it seemed like there's uh the, the chains shackling her down kind of she ended up becoming a forgotten god or demigod still kind of unclear to us uh and through that uh, we also learned that um, pelor is not necessarily dead but he is definitely not present uh perhaps in a similar state as she is uh, chained and shackled in some way um i think that's really the extent of the episode yeah we had a lot of really good or at least i felt we had a lot of really good heavy role play moments there and Intense, I guess, is is the best way to phrase that at times. I, I got my hackles up. I think we all kind of got our hackles up at, a, at a, one point or another during the episode. But we ended, I believe you guys were deciding whether or not you were going to stay the night 
in Gale Orion. Yeah, um, we haven't slept in a while. Uh, we, slept, we slept the previous night. The end game, we slept last night. Yeah. Yes. Out of game, Got it was like six weeks ago. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I thought we had decided we were hanging out. I think so. I think we're going to hang out and then kind of figure out where we want to go. Yeah, we hadn't really decided yet. It was. It seemed like we were heading to the capital the last we had discussed it, but we hadn't really discussed it much beyond that. Yeah, I think that was what you were kind of charged with by Friar Benjamin. A dead man. Yeah, the very, very dead man. I'm assuming you guys want to do a full rest. Remember, you are, at, you know, if it's still nightfall and you guys haven't slept yet. And we also are, with this long rest, leveling up. Yes. Actually, to be fair, it would still be mid-morning unless you guys spend the day in Gil Ryan as well. Because if you recall, you guys spent the night at Mods. Yep. Right. Then went to okay. Gil Ryan, and it was still kind of that early dawn, early morning. Started talking to the little girl, and then... Yeah, do you guys want to just kind of hang out, recoup, recover as best you can? Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. I think it's like just collecting ourselves and gathering our wits about us um, and maybe just prepping for our journey. Uh, the town is in disarray, so I don't know that there's much we can do to get supplies from there. And we're, what, like 20 minutes walk from the town anyway in the wrong direction. So. Yeah, I want to yeah. say it was like 30, 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a couple hours. Oh, it was hours? Like, okay. Yeah, I think it's like a two hour walk. I've got, tower. I've got notes somewhere hold on it's not incredibly important yes like i said it's it's we're, we're a decent distance away from riot town and we don't want to go back yeah mm -hmm. exactly we've also had a really emotional time so and you know story just lectured a god so you know uh, ziggurat has a leaf uh, a, a magical leaf from the elves, the elvish druids that he talked to. And he's actually going to leave a note uh, and write on the leaf um, with some charcoal um, leaving, Hightower, leaving Fort Hightower. Uh, if you left already, do not return. Pelor dead? Question mark. Big deal. We'll be in capital. Send leaf if you need help as, as if <laughs> pillar dead wasn't like notable <laughs> it's like it's a, kind of a big deal yeah. oh yeah by the way there's a dead god whatever <laughs> sends the leaf into the wind okay so are you guys kind of setting up a makeshift camp there in the in town just recouping is there anything yeah. specific you guys want to do while you're recuperating Hang out with the kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sit down next to Quill and say, I'll be honest, Quill. Um, for a minute, I thought you were going to throw your lot in with her. Give up your teaching for quick magic. Seemed that way to me anyway. There's a certain level of well, ease to that. 
I admit. Whether it's, I would assume, being a cleric or something else. But no, no. I, I need to keep certain rules if what I want to achieve has any merit. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, listen, uh, magic comes easily to me. It's I'm, I'm magic. Uh, but I still had to train to get it. And um, you studied your whole life so far dedicated to magic. I just I haven't known you for long, but it would well, I don't want to see you do anything rash. Maybe you should go back to the desert and explain that to my parents, because I assume what, if they thought of me at all, what they think of this is quite rash. So Perhaps we can journey together. Oh, I did say I'd help you. We could uh, return to your parents together, prove them wrong. Show them the strength that you've built up over time. I still have a long way to go to to prove my point. I'll be here to help. Thank you for that. Of course. I just give me a second, and I'm gonna pull my uh, my spell book out of my backpack so Ziggert can kind of see it um, thumbing through it. And yeah, looking at it, it's not in great shape. A lot of the pages are either, they look like they've been clawed up very badly. At one point, this was a good book. This was a book that was cared for and treated respectfully. It is not that. I, I thumbed through it. I, I had kind of forgotten about this one, but I think seeing how I'm not the best trained to help set up camp, at least I figure, and I will take a moment and I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a first level spell and cast Unseen Servant as a, a ritual. <laughs> or well, I suppose I don't need, yeah, I don't need to use a spell slot for it. So yeah, I make this invisible servant pop into existence and well then, you know what to do. Set up camp for me. And this this like invisible, amorphous entity is just kind of like picking up bedrolls and various objects out of my bag. Secret sees the, the bedrolls moving and just kind of like oh, oh, is somebody there? He's real. That's can he talk to me? Unfortunately, it's uh, not really much for conversation. All right. Well, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to set up my stuff. Story? Uh, you want to set up camp over by us? She kind of gives you the, like, dude, I'm playing with, like, dude. It, give me a have a sec and I can uh, set it for you. She kind of bops over, gives it to you, and goes back to <laughs> Bops back, grabs a couple more ball bearings, bops away. <laughs> you have fun. 
uh, and take out story stuff and set it up, unfurl her sleeping bag and just kind of set everything up and I start cooking the meal for the lunch, I guess it would be. And, uh, story, as you're playing with the children, you know, a, a lot of them, they're they're just playing and having a good time, really enjoying, you know, they're inventing little games with the ball bearings, things like that. But you do notice that same red-headed little girl that you guys have spoken with several times now that kind of seems to be leading the pack, so to speak, sitting off the cider. She's got her hair up in braids now. And she's just kind of sitting in the shadows against a wall of, of one of the more broken down cottages. And she's just kind of chill and watching. As the day goes on, you notice she doesn't seem to really be like eating or playing. She's just watching the other children. And you do notice that some of the children just seem some of them seem like normal they're acting like normal children would. They play, they laugh, they run around. You haven't seen any of them eat, though. Besides what you guys have provided. And some of their reactions don't seem what you would expect from a typical age-appropriate child. Um, a few of them, like her in particular, just a little more reserved. And she just appears to be observing everything. And is this anything that would be out of the ordinary for Dory, who was raised, I mean, by her parents, but in an orphanage? Like, is this the same so. kind of orphan trauma? I mean, you don't know for sure. You you have not gotten that kind of vibe from her. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing so far to indicate that. That might be something that's brewing in the back of your mind, but you haven't had any straightforward evidence of that. But it's not like out of left field for the children that Story was raised around. You have not seen behavior, just this stillness from a child. Okay. Like I said, it's just this still observance. She's not fidgeting. She's not She's not touching anything. She's just kind of looking. Did we have a name for her? No. You guys haven't no. asked it. She hasn't provided No. It. We're all rude as heck. Um, mm. Are the kids understanding? Because Story's going to be doing sign first. And then going into gesturing are any like are the kids understanding her while she's hanging out with them yeah for the most part i mean there's there's a couple things that you know you kind of have to work through but um as you have experienced with other orphans in the past they're they're pretty flexible and they start picking up on little things much more quickly so nothing nothing unexpected i mean there's the typical learning curve of you know these gross gestures and then maybe you're you're working in like pointing to something and then doing a hand sign and they pick up they're picking things up fairly quickly okay like i say stories in her wheelhouse she's hanging out with kids and that's yeah all right the rest of the day goes by fairly uneventfully muriel for her her part 
she seems to be kind of just cavorting about in the lawn. Sigrid gives a wave when he sees her. We've set up outside of her lawn. Uh, outside, like at least for Sigrid's part, I'm like, like a healthy distance, but she's not an observable. She's not distance. evil, mm-hmm. but she's still, you know, she's an unknown factor with immense right. power. So, and I know there's a limit to her range still because she said as much. So uh, we set up well outside of that. Just wave over to her. Oh, hi. She waves, does a cartwheel. Super excited. Sorry for sure is trying to teach them, like, see if there's like a game where they can like bop the ball bearings back and forth. For, with the other children or with Muriel? With Muriel, with the other kids. Oh, yeah, totally. And she's just absolutely loving it, you know? Ziggurat actually picks up uh, and gets, like, as the evening kind of drags on and there's a, we get a fire going, um, takes out of his, his bag uh, a pan flute and starts playing some music along. Uh, see if keep the kids entertained as they are around the fire intermingling. Be careful, because if it's too nice, he's going to just kill us all. <laughs> so, Cigarette, can you do a performance check for me? Sure. 17. Nice. Everyone seems to really just, they, they're bopping. They're really enjoying the band fluid. Some of them are kind of dancing around little groups. They're having a grand old time. Making that vibe check. <laughs> That's right. You're setting the tone. You're setting the tone. Yeah. No, like I said, rest of the evening goes by fairly uneventfully. Nothing really happens. Gets later in the day. The shadows kind of lengthen um, in the village. And some of the children start to kind of disperse. It's not really clear where they go. They just kind of just melt into the shadows. A small contingent of them still stands by, and this little red-headed girl has not moved. And then Muriel, for her part, she just kind of lays down in the yard, appears for all intents and purposes to be sleeping. Are you guys going to set up a watch or anything like that? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ziggurat says, "Uh, you know, you guys can sleep. I'll take the first shift." That's fine with me. You guys don't have any. I should say, do you have any spells that you are going to use as part of your watch? I do not have alarm. I don't know what your spell list looks like off the top of my head. Oh. Well, I'm a warlock, so it's short. Uh, or, I mean, a sorcerer, uh, not a warlock. I'm definitely not a warlock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a sorcerer, so yeah. I, it, Unless we're in a fight, you're probably not going to see anything but prestidigitation. As you rotate through your watches, again, nothing really happens throughout the night. Each of you kind of, during your watches, do notice this this little girl. She's just chilling. She's watching everything. She does get up a couple times during the night, and she seems to be just doing kind of a lap around the village, and she kind of pauses at each cottage and then goes back to her spot. Story would have gone with her. Ziggurat hasn't been around many kids, so it's normal, other than like the wood elves uh, around the village that he would go visit. So he doesn't think anything of it. Story would go with her? Yep. 
And and I do Quill does have something he's gonna do on his section of the watch. So who takes first watch? Secret. You observe this. Probably doesn't seem really out of the ordinary or anything like that to you. No, Ziggert's really focused on like his training, kind of knowing they're leaving. He's in a very unfamiliar area and is uh, turning the page in his mental book of like, okay, uh, that was a wild experience and just kind of focused on uh, the trainings uh, that he grew up with. Just kind of in his own headspace. Yeah, and I, I imagine too, you're kind of rolling around like the different sensations of energy and power that you've kind of observed over the last, you know, uh, two, three days, which is some of it's just really phenomenal and astounding. Some of it you're just observing more than you have in the past because you're in a different situation. There's some martial aspects to the things that he's he was taught, um, so he's just kind of practicing it like one would like uh, martial arts forms or something. Very similar aspects, just kind of going through the motions. And he's kind of like adding to it a little bit as he, like you said, was watching some of the stuff. Was at, 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 during his watch, he's just kind of trying to do that silently. We roll over to second watch, and who is going to take that? Anne, her story. So when the girl's sitting, uh, Story will be writing a letter. And then when the, the girl gets up, Story just kind of goes with her. doesn't initiate conversation or anything, but just, you know, more of what are your wrong? Yeah, and she just kind of nods. She does her walk. She doesn't say much. You notice she kind of dips her head as she gets to each cottage and then moves on to the next one, stops, lowers her head for a moment. Moves on to the next one. She does this two or three times throughout your watch. And you notice there is a pretty distinctive pattern that she goes through. She does each section in the inner circle first, because we have those inner stone circles that kind of surround the village. She stops at each one, then each cottage in that section, and then moves on to the next one. Is it more like she's honoring the house or checking the house out? Uh, you can't really tell. She doesn't do anything really in-depth. She just kind of pauses, lowers her head. She kind of seems maybe lost or in introspective for a moment. Or maybe even praying. You can't tell. And then she operates herself, moves on to the next one. But it does almost seem ritualistic like she's done this over and over and over again and as you look down you you can actually see a footpath traced from the exact same path that's been run over and over and over again the evening progresses your watch ends you wait quill i assume rest yourself a little bit longer See, I give it a little bit of time, let them get nestled in, and then I snap my fingers, summon my desert gecko, and set them down on the ground. Okay, buddy, it's kind of up to you to make sure things go well. I'll just be over there. Be sure to tell me if uh, anything gets too close to them. And 
Quill stands up and using his stick kind of lightly taps over two Muriel's like the edge of the fence around Muriel's hut find my way to the entrance and step inside I sit down for a moment so I figured I'd ask how exactly good is that jam? For, for just a moment, you hear a rustling where she had laid down, and then quiet, and then a voice right next to you inside the wall. It was, it was good. It was, I'd say, probably the best jam ever. Would it be rude to, to ask if I could just have a little taste myself? Quiet for a moment. Of course. You just are hit with this kind of sweet and tart smell. You reach your hand out. The jar is in front of you. And you just kind of reach out and with the claw, just nab a little bit. Lick it off my finger. That really is good. And as it hits your tongue, you just kind of feel just revitalized. Like, it's just refreshing. And the only way to put it is, like, you just feel this gentle rush of energy and vitality into you. If I had stayed home as I was... I wouldn't even get to enjoy jam. Not like this anyways. This was the right choice. And with a smile in her voice, it's not often you can taste something that's been fertilized with countless, countless deaths. Sometimes things that grow from death can bring the most life. You should share that with the children. They'll like it quite a bit more than I do, even. In in time, in time. I didn't hear, I didn't hear all of your conversation with the uh, story. I'm gonna have to have a talk with that bird. I think it's time I learn. And uh, Quill will get up, like, use the fence to kind of get up and brush off his robe a little bit. I hope to see a day where we all get to enjoy ourselves to the fullest and the rewards of our labors. Till then, I'm going to go keep an eye on things. <sighs> I hate that phrase. And Quill will walk back to the camp, sit down next to the, kind of wave the lizard over, and just, if it had its own thoughts, he would probably just spend the time, like, bouncing different ideas off of this desert gecko's mind. Anything in particular? No, just kind of probing around for what a like a creature that I've summoned like 
first like the first thing that I've ever brought into existence. Just kind of like what's on its mind. <laughs> and I'm assuming that's partially lizard thoughts, partially fae spirit kind of edging in on the corners of what form it was forced to take. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of um a lot of conceptual things that are difficult for you to understand because it's not it's it's not distinctly corporeal, but it's also not intangible either. But the question is, does it see story as its <laughs> best friend also? I don't I don't know. That's up to the lizard. It feels strong <laughs> senses of affection for the feathery one that fed it lamb stew. Ah. Besties. Unless uh, unless something horrible happens during my watch. Every so often, you hear very faint footsteps from the, the little red-headed girl making her rounds. Uh, most of the other children seem to have kind of subsided for the night um, in various empty cottages or out in an open field. And the rest of the evening goes along uneventfully. You know, sun starts to come up. Story would have asked her name. The little redheaded girl's name? Yeah, like while they were walking. She would have asked. Her name is Rose Thorn. Rose Thorn? And you don't get the impression if that's like a given name or the name she's given herself, but that's the name she gives you. Evening goes by uneventfully. Sun comes up. Quill, I imagine he kind of rouses the others. Yeah, eventually. And I probably have my, like, I summon, ritualistically summon that unseen servant back and tell him to make breakfast. Story is fascinating. Your unseen That's... servant makes use of your rations in an unexpected manner, and it is just worlds better than what Ziggurat has prepped in the past. What? Uh, <laughs> apparently, my unseen servant spent uh, eight years at culinary school. Ziggurat's a good cook. That's what Ziggurat likes to think, anyway. He 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 practiced under uh, some Michelin chefs. Apparently, <laughs> went to Cordon Bleu online. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I thought I could. Well, it's not really me pulling my own weight, but it's an effort of sorts. As long as someone pulls your weight, it's not me, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You have a name for your little friend there on your shoulder? Or just feel like I called you if if I just said, hey, Tabaxi, it would be rather insulting. Uh, so I feel like just saying, hey, Gecko. Uh, it doesn't feel right. I kind of look at the desert gecko for a little while, feeler out some names, and then eventually settle on vocalizing. They seem to like Raza the most. R-A-Z-A? Yeah. And this little desert gecko tail is wagging. Raza? Hey there, Raza. Just give him a little scratch on the nose. Leans into it a little bit. Unseen servant, I assume, kind of cleans up camp. Yeah, like once he's finished with breakfast, tell him to clean camp up, put things back in people's bags that need to go back in their bags. Gets his pack on, walks over, 
Yeah, I need a hand to hand story. Holds her pack up. She she's packed hers. She's not completely lazy. She was just busy with kids, and you offered. She's not dumb. <laughs> no, I know. Just kind of considering that. <laughs> well, right. Just thought I'd help. It's just we got invisible being doing all the work that I'm used to doing. Figured I'd make myself useful somehow. Ziggert's feeling a little lost. <laughs> Ziggert's like, sorry, I just spent last yeah six years of my life taking care of a whole estate all by myself. He writes down, I understand, signs it at you. Understand. I understand. <laughs> he signs at you. <laughs> Quill will kind of <laughs> hear that. Story. I have a, I have a question for you. Science answer for you, but you don't. You, I'm going to take the fact that there's. Uh, I can't. I I can't see when you talk. I I can't see it. I. If you know how, could you teach me? how to do, to communicate with you. She writes down, and cigarette, <laughs> she waves at him, um, and writes down, I can sign in your hand, but you can see me through the gecko sometimes, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's tricky. It takes a lot of concentration, and I would prefer not relying on it all the time. But if you wouldn't mind while we travel, we've got a, a fair amount of time for it. And I stick out my hand. Do quick writes. We'll do the alphabet first for Ziggurat to say. And then she starts signing her hand. The alphabet. And for those of us listening, Anna's hand signing the alphabet. I can't do it as fast as I used to. That's okay. I only remembered the first three. Well, I have gone to school for it, so I better be able to do at least the alphabet. Well, uh, we have a hell of a hike ahead of us. I uh, assume we're going to the capital. That's the last place we talked about. Um, There's probably lots of books there for you, uh, Quill. Um, lots of, uh, well, according to what we learned here, it's probably where the core of the magic is for this area. So... Um, Potentially, could uh, find what you're looking for, find what we're looking for, and Ziggert thinks to himself, maybe find what I'm looking for. Oh, hopefully, yes. Well then, uh, and Quill just not wanting to like walk over there, just kind of shout out. We'll see you later, Muriel. Take care of the kids while we're gone. Uh, on the way out, uh, Ziggurat casts Prestidigitation and a bunch of fireworks uh, up over the heads of the kids. Uh, one of them is a hand that waves goodbye. It's the last firework that pops. If if uh, if she pops over next to me, I'll uh, I'll palm a couple gold into her hand. For Rosethorn? Yeah. She looks at like, okay. Well, story darts over to Miriam. Signs at her. Just because the kids don't need watching over doesn't mean they shouldn't be watched over. 
and gives a very meaningful you promise look and then bops over to the guys not so much aggressively but like promise story takes kids seriously and then she waves and she shakes her head I was going to say, as we're looking at the map and you pull it up, I feel like it's a relevant time to say that my background is Outlander, which means I have an innate sense of direction. Uh, excellent memory for maps and geography. So I've surely there's maps of the Empire all over uh, the estate. And I, even though I've never been, I might as well have been there, uh, according to like just my ability to read maps and know where things are and know where I'm in, in relation. And generally speaking, I can find settlements uh, and I can find food and water for up to five people per day. So even if we didn't have rations, I'm pretty good at picking things out of the bushes and finding streams and stuff. If, and it, it, it says if it's available, if the land offers it freely, berries, small game, water, and so forth uh, once per day. Suddenly the land gets very stingy with its small game. <laughs> <laughs> well and the best part is the entire time the rogue is walking backwards signing at you guys <laughs> even the smaller animals are slaughtered with their hearts ripped out for some explicable reason and they're all rotten I I have the desert gecko put the desert gecko on Story's head best day of her life to say out loud okay Raza keep an eye out for her just tap her on the head if she's gonna walk into anything will you Oh, that's fancy. So this is our campaign map 2.0. Obviously, we know we're in Gil Ryan, which I know it's kind of smushed together here. I can zoom in further. So yeah, you can see how close together Gil Ryan and Hightower are. And you have your kind of mountain pass. Hightower, the uh, keep proper, and the bridge between the two cliffs. So coming out of Gil Ryan, you really... You can go back to the main path, and you are planning on going to the capital, right? Yeah, and what is the capital's name? Bridgetown, or Bridgeton. Bridgeton, okay. And that was south, no? Yes, Bridgeton is a fair distance away. If you look here, this is 100 miles. Bridgeton. Oh, yeah, that's got to be 400 miles. It's almost... It's like 360 miles or 370 miles. What did we measure it at last night, John? 362. You, oh, you made notes, didn't you? No, I just have a good memory for that kind of thing. So Gilrain to Bridgeton as the crow flies. Three, yeah, 362. Yeah, so probably on the roads, 20, 25% or so longer than that at least. I mean, you got a river you got to walk around. So it's, it's going to be a solid... Two weeks of travel. Ziggurat, in his excitement, goes, well, so far, uh, walked uh, probably about a hundred mile perimeter around our estate through the mountains. Uh, this will be the first time I'm going through plains and uh, really excited. This is going to be a hell of a journey. Um, it's probably going to take us, uh, oh, I don't know, if, if we didn't stop at all, I'd imagine... Uh, maybe two months or so, right? So, uh, get your walking shoes on. We're in for a journey. Dory looks down at her claw foot, looks at him, looks at his, his, his claws, claw feet, 
and then looks over because I does the tabaxi wear shoes? No, none of us, none of us wear shoes. Like I, I maybe have some foot wraps for the like high arch part of my my feet, but Ziggert has some like travel robes on, um, kind of le- leather shoulders. Um, it's a, a cloak, like a traveling cloak, uh, and I'm trying to remember if. Uh, oh yeah, like um, uh, half pants as like pants as far as they go before they get to the the scaly part of his feet. Um, so you know, up to his calves or so, or down to his calves. So, uh, but used to walking through mountains and stuff in the snow. And he's a. I don't know how much he's shared about his ability, but he is resistant to both cold and well, yeah, he's resistant to cold. So n- knowing what you guys know of Tersland. You know you have a couple of options as far as traveling that far. On foot, probably not tenable. It's really slow. You're going to be exhausted every single day no matter what. Especially if you try to push further and further and further. So your options are, number one, you could go from Gilryan back to the main path over to Dagobahn. From there, you could find a boat, a riverboat, to take you all the way to Bridgeton, or a series of boats, if that's what's necessary. So that's option one, if you didn't want to travel on foot. Option two, try to find some horses or a wagon. A wagon is slower, but it's much more comfortable. You guys can rest in the wagon. If you get horses, you can travel much, much faster. But you are also going to have to worry about making sure those horses don't get exhausted, that they're fed. Um, Potentially, you could stop and either switch out horses or rest your horses I mean, at ends along the way. If, like, as we're traveling, we're kind of talking about this, Quill will state he's never... The extent to which he's seen a horse is probably when he went to the college, and that is exclusively it. Pretty limited. He has never ridden... Yeah, he's never ridden a horse. He has no experience, and he probably doesn't feel very comfortable about it. What is the horse? A prey animal. Handle a dragonborn and a tabax. Uh, I'd have to find a big draft horse. <laughs> We've had horses that take me around. I've been on a horse myself. Story brings up, however she can, what these things like. So, what is a boat going to cost? What are the horse like? How much do we have? She volunteers that she has tw- yeah, like twenty-two gold. Are we picking up work on the way? Am I walking through crowds on the way? Uh, perhaps. I'm not opposed. Turning out his pockets, uh, Quill has six gold left. And he explains that it's like, if we can get a boat ride, we're going to have to get some work. Like, even he knows a ride is going to cost us. Ziggurat says, well, I have uh, about 50 gold left to my name. Um, I suppose. I'd like to stop it towns along the way and I don't think a river allows us for that if we're looking for work um, 
probably not going to find it once we're on the boat. Um, we're paying our way at that point. Um, look, thinking of the map that I've last seen, we probably won't see many towns along the way. If you look at the map, it'll be if you get on the boat here, uh, you go at Dagobahn, you go down the river, and then you'd stop at Kuzk, and then that's the only stop at a tenable distance all the way to Bridgeton. What about Kugza? Kugs? Kugsk is, is, I mean, that is certainly a stop. Like, you may stop there. They might stop for supplies or things like that. They may end up, depending on how high the water is, there's a lot of different options that can hold up boat voyage. They may need to stop and have, and, and stop and forage for supplies, or you don't know. You, there's too many unknowns there. Portaging is potential. But yeah, uh, Hugh Quill would also say that if we wanted to, like the best in his mind is that we pick up work and we could escort wagons between different towns if need be. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. A little missionary work. The most reliable travel would be along the high road, which you all know is the oldest and not necessarily the most well-maintained and longest road in Turistland. There are many stops. Potentially the fastest if you go by horseback. But you need to get horses. You need to make sure they don't aren't exhausted. You can't ride them till they die. And there's also potential for risk. Story, how do you feel about going um, on a a well traveled trade route. It's probably your best option for work. Yeah, seeing if we can. And I assume this is all like half sign, half writing notes. I can talk. Uh, but yeah, going to Dongle Bon. Dongle Bon? Yep. Like, no matter what we do, we're going to. That's where we start. I think that's like we can we can kind of feel our outer options for what Dongle Bon has available for us as far as travel. How long does it take to get to Dongleban? I would say about two and a half days, two and a half, three days, because it's a fairly straight trail or road. You guys have enough rations? So we have enough rations. I have a day of rations. I, I can find food for us every day on the way to uh, fruit and wild game. I can find water for us too, but I have a day of rations on me right now. I don't have much for rations, but I can. Probably, yeah, I've seen rabbits and small game around here. Probably get us enough food for the at least the travel over to uh, um, uh, Dogelbun. And we can stock up from there, decide if we want to take the main road or back road. There is another option. You could cut cross country, but there's a lot of risk there. It is... Potentially slower, but also it's a straight shot, so you potentially could make up time in certain areas. I always find myself in the middle of like an orc camp, Skyrim. It's how I die most of the time, is I don't realize I'm in the middle of like an, an orc, camp. orc camp. Yeah. I I say we we take these this nice two and a half days, get ourselves to Dagobahn, figure out because regardless, see if they have any need of. Uh, some people desiring to make some money because we're going to need it regardless. 
There's hope. Yeah. The player's handbook also, just FYI, is about 24 miles a day if we don't push it. If we do push it, we can take a perception penalty and it's like 30 miles per day. And realistically, like the average person walking can cover about, I think it's like 20, 30 miles a day. Yeah, that's kind of where it puts it. Yeah. And story, not one for pushing. We we probably would like cut it down a little bit as far as uh, Quill is. True, yeah. We uh, No rush at all either. Uh, at least Zigrit doesn't feel any imminent reason to be there quickly. So my guess is more like three days. Get in there, get into Dogobun yeah. like late afternoon. <laughs> okay. Find a cheap, not so seedy hotel. It's clean. Maybe just something not without not with bed bugs, you know? Like walls maybe, is more what she's looking for. There you go. You know, maybe a nice continental breakfast. Um little turn down service. You guys head out. One foot in front of the other. Uh, backward uh, signing. And in the backwards tactile signing, which is interesting. Let's um do a couple of rolls here. So first day, we'll just say you guys have rations, you're fine. Things go fairly uneventfully. You guys are kind of ahead of the push for a lot of people. I imagine things hopefully maybe might be settling down at Hightower. You don't know. You know, last time you saw things were kind of a mess. Second day, your rations are kind of dwindling. Mark, you were going to do a, a check to see if you could find food. Oh, my trait just lets me get it. Yeah, Outlander, you just snag food. I just get it, yeah. It's just, I can get food for one, once per day, enough fresh water and food for five people to be sustained. As long as the land offers it. Yeah, it's not like it's it's an incredibly harsh area or an overpopulated area where things are kind of... At this point, you might even see like a, a farm here, a small farm here or there. Where you could maybe like snitch a little... Of the crop or something as you go by. Yeah, I will mark down my one day of rations. Though. Oh, sorry, I had four days of rations. It, I was reading it wrong. It's rations one day, enough for four days for myself. Oh, I have five. Yeah, I was totally reading that wrong. If you look, it's under the quantity column. Oh, yeah, but you know, fresh stuff. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you probably, if you have that ability, you probably wouldn't waste your rations either, unless you were. Fearing they were going to go bad or something. Sager's like going to mark one day of rations just because he wanted something. One of those days, he's like, eh, all the fan was eh, berries. I prefer some meat. So he takes the dried meat out of his rations and uses it. Quill takes those extra berries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yes, mate. No, it's not that I don't like berries. It's dragon bone and all. It's a very meat heavy diet. No, no, makes, makes sense. Why? Uh, as we're eating berries on the day. Oh, by the by, uh, I got a taste of that jam before we left. It was real good. You did it. Yeah, I asked. Oh, oh jealous. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I almost put my finger in right in front of her and had a bite. It probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Yes. Felt better of it. I, I asked first. I was... Oh, good. Story is silently horrified that they took jam from a guy. Doesn't doesn't sit didn't mention it or write about it or anything. Just I I do conveniently leave out all the death. <laughs> well, she's got a little genetic predisposition to not like or trust God. So 
Yeah. You ate her jam. Right. <laughs> it was it was good jam. Best jam. Luckily, you can't see on her bird face. Uh, Story and Quill are kind of working on hand sign. A cigarette too. Well, and I'd be working with cigarette too. Going from alphabet to to finger spelling and how to do it so it doesn't give headaches. And then probably numbers and basic things. Probably more like tactical stuff. Those are, that's very important. I, I imagine at a certain level, Stories like asking questions too about the magic that you guys have done. So like, it's it's not like all one way, you know. You you're mingling a little bit, and then that kind of leads into. Oh yeah, no, she's fascinated. We've all leveled up, so let's let's talk a little bit about that. So let's run through what our levels up looked like, and let's let's start with story. So, uh, I took spells because I'm an arcane trickster. All I really want is Mage Hand because I'm a dork. Uh, but I get all these other fun things. So Story doesn't know this yet. Uh, because that's not as fun. Three cantrips. Nice. But I get two spell slots, three first level spells, and three cantrips. Three cantrips. Uh, like, I'm supposed to get, like, three cantrips and Mage Hand, but D&D Beyond wouldn't let me do that. So I just took a, none of a, it worked out. For me. So, because I was trying to get uh, the spells that I and chose, none of them are material except for Featherfall, which you need a feather. So, I want, does that, like, actually consume the feather, though? Because no. otherwise you could just. Featherfall doesn't consume the feather. You're. So, and if Quill or or Zigrit ever need to do that, they could just like hold on a feather on on Story, and you can all Zigrid, feather fall together. Zigrit has a wand, so unless a co- component costs money, I actually oh, the wand. Oh, that's true. Is, you get the yeah. spell focus. Yeah. Yep. I can also cast it on up to five people, or within sixty feet. So, and I have plenty of feathers. It's... Yeah, and, and until you know, there's that horrific wax accident. And all of Story's feathers are ripped out. Oh, What else? What else did Story get? That's not going to be a good day. Disguise self and charm person. And my cantrips are Mage Hand, Mind Sliver, and True Strike. And she is going to whistle. And that would be the other thing that she would be going through in that, like, tactics is, like, I can also whistle. Whistle and click. Not huge things, but I can get, you know... Stop, or, you know, hold. Don't walk off that cliff. Simple commands by whistles. I think that's... Yeah. Yeah, things you don't necessarily mm. need, like, proper... And bird sounds, you know. For. Yeah. yeah, and seeing how good they're hearing, is, like, how loud I have to be and all that, and how far away they can hear. Quill's hearing's pretty okay. Being a cat and all. Probably some sensory adaptation too. Story and I figure. How about Quill? What did Quill get? Uh, we we didn't have our chat, so I'm just gonna say uh, Quill got. I I took the conjuration subclass for wizard, 
So I get Conjuration Savant, which makes putting Conjuration spells in my spellbook cheaper. And the most important ability, Minor Conjuration, which lets me make a inanimate object no larger than three feet on a side and no more than 10 pounds in my hand or any unoccupied space within 10 feet. And it disappears after an hour and if I, or if I use the feature again or if it deals or takes any damage. But I can make anything. <laughs> Which I'm sure won't be abused by me in the slightest. But yeah, uh, as for spells, since we kind of had our chat last time, I have not taken any new spells as of yet. Though I I did end up correcting. I had actually taken less spells than I should have at first level. (laughs) So I corrected that. And, and two, I imagine for some of that too, and we'll we'll talk a little bit off air. We can we can work out some of it's you and uh, Zigrit going through your spellbook a little bit, being like working out what I can, working out some of the stuff that you can that you maybe learned about but didn't quite like fully realize before. Oh yeah. And Story is 100% your cheerleader. Like, everything you guys, like, fire off, she's like, that's so cool! No matter what. No matter what. Like, I didn't actually, nothing happened, but, like, a little puff. But it's like, that's awesome, dude! As Story's, like, hand-signing and teaching me, it's probably part of the thing that is, like, I'm also like, oh, yeah, this gesture is a lot like the arcane sigil for fire or earth. And it's, so, that's probably in part, like, how you're getting that that magic knowledge in your own right is. Yeah, I think a lot of it is that kind of two-way communication. You know, she's picking up little bit by little bit by watching you guys, and then you're teaching her a little bit here and there, and then you guys are learning how to communicate the story. How about Zigrit? So as uh, they were walking around along the first day, Zigrit, he's hunting, um, just kind of like, Look, is a rabbit there? And a rabbit there. And he takes his wand out and he just flings a rock. And one just hits one of the 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 rabbit, but another rock goes and hits the other squirrel, showing that he can. Uh, uh, especially showing Quill, kind of showing off, like check this out, and I can double my spell effect. Uh, so if I can target one object, I actually target two objects with a spell. Um, and then, uh, un, uh, like, later on for dinner time, I take my uh, my wand and just cast Firebolt. And I'm like, uh, I'm, <laughs> there's like a bird just way, way up in the sky. And I just go, whoosh. And you just see the Firebolt go and go and go until it's just a twinkle. And then a poof of feathers and the bird comes down. I can double the distance of my spells. <laughs> Story deadpan glares. She's messing with you, but she glares at you. <laughs> oh, I probably shouldn't have picked a crow. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. That was a crow, too. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, shit. Oh, man. He lets you stew oh, in it, too. Oh. It's, I mean, waste not right. It's cooked, I guess, already. She signs at you. Are you feeding gonna... bird to a bird not i mean no no it's a quill a quill she is so, so, but, she is ra- like raven folk so they're omnivores who eat birds but she is just letting you do in it 
And when you're not looking, she winks at the gecko, who I assume Quill is looking for. Oh yeah, Quill Quill just eats this bird without abandon and but all the time, like the probably the desert lizard is on top of his head between his ears again and just like staring at Cigarette and just shaking his little head back and forth. <laughs> and then uh, the next thing is Ziggurat looks at uh, Quill and goes, um, he has something at me. Try to hit me with a spell. D- just trust me. Dude, just shoot me. me. Just shoot me. Come on. Uh... <laughs> it can trip. Something you know right off the... I, I would really prefer not to. No, tr- Please. It's really cool. Trust me. Oh, God. Uh, you... All I can see is the scene from Super Troopers. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's, it's... Okay. Sorry, Quill. Uh, story. I don't want to push you too hard if you don't want to. Story. Oh, Shoot she me. shoots you. She throws... She's got a dagger. Goes for it. No question. I want, I want to say, like, even before you're ready, she just, like, whips. <laughs> can you do a, a spell? Or, uh, uh, sorry, an attack roll at me? I can. Dagger. Melee. Where'd you go? 18. Uh, I cast shield. My armor class goes up by 5 and I deflect it. Just this burst of like blue energy as you try to hit me with the dagger. See? I'm fun. <laughs> I was gonna say like, yeah, did, does Steve want me to roll like a trauma roll here? Is there a save? Is there a saving throw for That's that? A will save maybe? I mean... Therapy saving roll. Ziggurat saw you get uncomfortable and was like, oh, sorry, it, you don't have to. Yeah, you didn't even get through store in, in, and then she tossed one at you. Like, she tossed it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ugh! and I like threw up my wand and it just like uh, this air in front of me uh, just catches and the dagger, dagger drops down and there's kind of this blue spark that happens. <sighs> See? Fun. And the last one, well, I'm going to save that for later. You'll have to see me use it. Yeah, I've been cooking on that one for a while now. Story signs or rights, whatever we're at at this point. Now, like you cooking or invisible guy cooking? Oh no, I've been cooking it. Cooking up this spill real nice. Just leans into the pun. Quill, Quill is just real quiet for the rest of the day. <laughs> How did I get involved with these two apples? <laughs> Which, the funny thing is, is so far, Ziggurat has been nothing but, like, pure and trying to be helpful. And Story has been nothing but an ADHD sarcastic mess. Poor Quill's just been trauma cat. Also a magic cheerleader. Like, super impressed. Like, she probably flipped out at how cool the the shield was. Quill, Quill definitely would have watched through the Desert Gecko's eyes to see it, but he probably was like kind of just curled up a little bit more than usual and not not comfortable about it ptsd is fun uh so what 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 i was role playing there was my meta magic so i have one called distant spell uh where i can actually i have another pool that's addition to my spells called uh, sorcery points uh and one is distant spell where if it's a, t- a spell that i can target on myself i can actually do it at a five foot range um and if it's a spell that is 30 feet or more, I can double the range. Uh, and Firebolt is a 120-foot spell, which is why I use it. So 240-foot range. And then the other one is called Twin Spell. So anything that targets a single 
target can spend a sorcery point and without spending an additional spell slot cast the spell a second time instantaneously at a different or the same target. Dory does some acrobatic stuff because you were showing off. Which she lands all of it and tries to you almost beat my armor class there too, by the way. Shield just adds five to my AC. Uh, so my AC turned up to 19. <laughs> just right through. Why'd you let me hit you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, you rolled 18 and my armor class was 19 to four. And it lasts, Shield actually lasts for a whole round. So once I cast it, I have to cast it as a reaction and it's there. So if anybody else tries to attack me in that round, my armor class is plus five. It's a pretty cool spell. So what was that? It was day two. Uh, that was end of day one. Yeah, Sorry. end of day one. Yeah, yeah, that was the end of day one. We're we're gonna we're gonna do our watches. Yes. I'll take the fast shift again, unless uh, somebody else wants to stay up late. But I fancy myself a little bit of a not dragon. Okay. So first watch, relatively uneventful. Not much going on. I imagine you guys kind of set up camp just a little bit off the main road. Yeah. Z- oh, Zigrit did. Okay. So here's the thing. Every night, uh, you asked this before, and I forgot that I have a uh, a hunting trap. Zigrit actually does set up the trap uh, offside of the path. He makes sure to show, uh, um, makes Quill take out his geckos, and if you if you gotta go to the bathroom, don't go this way. It don't usually it's I set it up behind where our sleeping bags are, so not from the road angle, but from the forest angle. I'll set up the hunting trap out there as a, uh, well, a trap. Precaution. Yeah. Second watch, third watch go by uneventfully. Let- letters are being written. Yeah, Quill spends his entire watch like just huddled over next to the fire, just making random objects out of nothing. Probably starts real simple and then gets more and more complex. And by the morning, there's probably like when they wake up, there's probably this like small wooden or stone figurine of Quill. And he just like kind of touches it and rubs it over and waits for them to like. And as he wakes them up, it just like vanishes into nothing. It just stares into their soul. He sets it right in front of their faces. (laughs) Look what I made. Uh, before the watch actually starts, um, and Secret sitting next to Quill, uh, and says, uh, "Look, I, I don't, I don't really know how uh, magic works for you, but uh, I was showing off there a little bit with Shield. But uh, sincerely, we, we, you know, we need to be mobile to cast spells. We can't really wear armor. It, 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 can I show you how to use Shield? Is it? Are you able to like?" Land from me sh- uh, showing. Quill takes out his spell book again, and it's probably not in the best shape, but it's still a functional page. Uh, that spell you showed off, uh, like it is probably like these small folds that he's made in the corner of certain pages. This one, and there's probably this like very rudimentary drawing of a human figure and like they're making a similar motion that you probably made to raise the shield. Uh, and then there's like some arcane sigils underneath it. This spell is the one you, uh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one. Um, excellent. What about, um, look, we, we entering into dangerous territory. I don't know who you all 
little bit around fighting, but um, let me show you this one too. And he shows catapult to Quill. Um, it's basically just being able to take an object about five pounds or less and, and huck it at something and it just kind of hits the tree. And it's like, it's uh, a one, it's actually, oh, I've never learned how to use a bow and arrow because it's way more powerful than that. It's a really helpful spell. Mm, that's especially for hunt. That one I I haven't learned. My focus at the school was more, and this is probably yeah. This will be like the first object he conjures. He just conjures a small simulacrum of a coin in his hand. It was bringing things into the world, and subsequently, and the coin he just kind of palms it, and the coin vanishes, making them go away. Are. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, me, me mother. Yeah, she, she could do something similar. Uh, so a few spells like that. Uh, probably learned some there myself. But anyway, I've seen it before. It's just seeing it so smoothly. Yeah, you're an expert at it. I had a lot of help. And. I have a lot of motivation for it at this point. So, but yeah, I would love your help if you'd be willing to give it. Though I I do think our talents differ slightly. Perhaps. Um, honestly, learned a lot from my dad, uh, my father, and um, <laughs> leaving out in uh, the wild, we have a lot of things we have to defend against. Wolves, dire wolves even. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but uh, oh, I killed a dire bear once. Um, oh no, <laughs> yeah, my father was there. Anyway, uh, a lot of the spells I can show you probably um, abjuration, um, that kind of spell. Uh, nothing, oh, I don't know if I could do any conjuration yet. It, it stuff comes to me though, if I if I can, at some point, learn a new spell, I'd be happy to show you. I'd, I'd be happy to watch, and maybe I can take something from it, uh, though it's, it is more study and practice for me. Sure. Uh, just let me know. I'm happy to be a, a test subject for you. Maybe interesting. All right. Well, uh, should probably get off to bed. I'm going to take the first watch. It's getting late. That sounds good. So we, we pass into the next day. Can I just retcon a little bit? Sure. At the village, Story would have asked the red-headed girl who was in charge if they could mail a letter for her. Using orphans as a post office, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> well, they run errands. These children have been the backbone of our infrastructure since the conception of this country. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> true. Dark but true. Yeah. Um, so she offers nah, she just offers a gold. It's not that hard to get more. She gives her a gold. It's not hard to get more. Okay. It's not hard for a story to get more. Um oh Yeah. Uh, gold is inconsequential to story. It's uh, mercurial. It comes and it goes. Yeah. Not like you need it to get things. It's not something you hold on to for long. Pretty. You give it to people you like, you take it from people you don't. 
she would have sent the letter that she wrote. Evening goes by uneventfully. Second day on the road. Uh, Ziggert's Could... probably in front. In similar fashion, Desert Gecko has been placed on Story's head, and he's trying to recount what he learned the previous day. Anything you get right is, like, the most amazing thing to Story. And, I mean, Phil's... Like, you're learning her language instead yeah, of just Phil's yelling at a pretty it. smart cat, but... You probably, you're probably the only person in her life, other than like a few close family members, who wanted to get to know her by learning her language, so she could talk back. Uh, so every single thing that you get right, she is like way over jazzed about. Positive reinforcement. Up the wazoo. I don't know how 5e handles language acquisition. Because you kind of like start with your languages and they don't, like at least in the player's handbook, they don't cover learning new languages. It's, it's not really Mr. well Feet. defined. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's rude. It's, it, it's, it's basically <laughs> just, it's up to GM discretion if you just poof know it, oh, yeah. or no, it's... if you picked it up as you go. I think go, the nice thing about Five E is that so... it, there's not really much off limits. It's just more cinematic that way. So yeah, you know, kind of the rule of cool. If it makes sense it, for you to have learned it, why not, right? Okay. So uh... yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with it. Is I would much rather just I want you guys you work on stuff, yeah. and then when it's time to level up, we'll say. You know, you you've accomplished this, but I want you to be able to work, you know, work towards something. That's why I'm kind of like working in these little details like you in story practicing, you know, uh, Zigrit reflecting on the energies and the powers that he's been exposed to. You know, you kind of focusing on your spell book, things that have maybe been lost that you were working on previously, things like yeah. that. And, and yeah, I, I got the Duolingo app open and I'm I'm like sitting here with story <laughs> trying to do the uh the exercises. Sign, especially when you have somebody like right there with you, if you're gobbling it up, it is something you can learn real quick. So you're probably not in deaf culture, there's a lot of people who learn it over a weekend because you finally have a language. And Quill, I suppose as a wizard, Quill's got real delicate hands. Like, he's got the nimble fingers, so he's probably getting that texture of, like, you using the gestures on his hand a lot better than than I I would. And, and two, a lot of your world is just tactile, oh, yeah. too. So... Ziggurat, as he's walking ahead, uh, a little slower on the uptake with the sign, but it goes, all right, story. C, I, M, R. No, Z, I, O, G, I, R, I, M, what was it? T. Yeah? Yeah, she flips out. Like, she would have been trying to include you as well. Like, yeah, like. Uh, visual applause for those of you listening. Yeah. Sign language is really <laughs> hard on a podcast. 
<laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. like radio drama. That's yeah. I, I'm trying to like narrate as much as I can when you, yeah. you actually sign. So yeah, no, that that story would be trying to include both of you because it, she honestly feels bad because you're not supposed to be a translator, but she's never really dealt with blind people before. She would be trying to include you also learning really useful and uh, especially when you're trying to do things yes. quietly. Real great for sneaking around. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So at about at about midday, you guys notice a trail that kind of leads off to the to the north. And you can see a small cottage. And it the heat is just unbearable today. It's just it's humid. You know, your clothes are just sticky and it's it's pretty miserable. And as you get closer, you notice that the, the cottage door is open. I kind of nudge them and point at it. And you don't see anyone around. Yeah. Yes, I see it. Um, Quill, we're looking at a... It doesn't look like an abandoned cottage. Uh, doors ajar, looks like trouble might have happened. Should we go check it out? Give me a perception roll. Natural 20. 19. Um, and whatever this dice is I chose, there's a heart in it, and it beats, and it's super creepy, and I love it. I I got a 5. Quill, you're you're kind of focused on this, this back and forth with Story. You don't really hear anything, but Story, you're the first one to notice there's a large hole out front next to a well and a large area of dirt that looks like it's been freshly turned over. And inside the cabin, you can uh, just vaguely make out a streak of blood across the floor. Ziggurat, you notice the large hole and then the freshly turned dirt. And a spilled bucket by the well. I just, I, I just said, darn thing. And that's where we're going to end our episode for tonight. We're gonna, we're gonna uh-huh. die like I'm pretty this. sure I heard a goddamn it. Investigating a cottage. All, all Ziggurat <laughs> saw was a bucket. He could. Well, and it's hard because, like, catapult spill. You explain the stuff, and then I'm about to say a signal to the guys to stop. But then you're like, and then the episode ends. It's like every single episode. Every single thing. Well, this way you get to stew on it and decide the best course of action for the next week, right? So really, I'm doing you guys a favor. As usual, I want to thank everyone for popping out to watch this episode of In Absentia. Uh, I know we had a couple of people that kind of came and went, which we normally do. Um, I'm sure we'll rack up a bunch of views, which is also a bunch, like 20, 30 views over the course of the week until next time, which is pretty typical for us. I want to encourage everyone to pop on, hit follow, so you can see when we're going live, or so you just know when there's another video on demand that you can watch. If you that's what you want to do on our channel, I'm fine with that. Really just want to push that follow. 
if you're listening to this after we've edited everything down, we would love to follow a like, a review, a positive review, ideally. But I mean, we'll take what we can get uh, at this point, especially. And just thank you for for consuming our content on whatever platform that you are consuming again. Um, on that note, 